Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kraken fans? Welcome to Season 2, Episode number 17 of Keeping Up With The Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is your co-host of the pod, Tyler Bell, coming from the beautiful Banff, Alberta, straight in the Rockies, baby, and just like always, joined by fellow co-host of the pod, Alec Durham. What's up today, you beautiful bastard? Oh, not too much, brother. Just kind of hung around with the family a bit there and shot the shit, and that was about it. How about you? Not too bad. Uh, you know what? I wasn't lucky enough to hang with the family, but I did call my mom this morning. I called my dad uh, this afternoon. So, you know, I got to talk with the fam jam, which is always nice for uh, family day festivities today, right? Oh, yeah. I've got. I mean, it's family day. You got to at least talk to them. Yeah, exactly. It was a family day here and President's Day in the States, correct? I have no idea. I, I believe so. But that's uh, nice, nice day for a little afternoon and almost morning hockey too for me this morning. So, uh, you know, what better way to spend a day off than just hockey all day? Yeah, you kind of just put it on one of the TVs there while you're just doing shit around the house and just casually look at the TV and oh, look at that, we're losing. Yeah, a nice little casual day for sure. And it kind of felt that way for the crack and it wasn't the prettiest of games today, was it? Oh, fuck. I mean, you want to talk about basically just copy 60 minutes of the Islanders game from what was it, a week or two ago? Same yep. score and everything. That was just dog water. Yeah, it was a brutal, brutal, just a, just a Monday matinee, almost a slow, lazy feel to this game. Wasn't much energy, wasn't much emotion. Uh, you know, things were pretty slow and it wasn't a great start for the Kraken in it either. No, definitely not. I mean, it I mean, didn't really happen much in the first period, but then obviously the Sharks showed up in the second period there with three unanswered, and then they get a fourth one in the third, and it was just like, fuck, what are you doing? Like, everyone's got the Monday Maz. Yeah, it wasn't pretty out there, and uh, that first goal for San Jose, oh my goodness, Yanni Gord, friendly fire, people, friendly fire. Right, just clean face-off win unfortunately 
Yeah, kind of like almost tied up at first. And then, you know, he, he draws it right back. And you could see Jones, he was looking, you know, to the left. And the puck comes more towards the right and just not able to react quick enough. And Yanni Gord's face-off win ends up in the back of the net with a clean win. Well, we did bitch about them wanting to win more face-offs, right? So careful what you wish for. Yeah, no kidding, right? And uh, like like you said, it was just all San Jose after that. The Kraken really never found their legs and just didn't find the emotion in the game, which was unfortunate because, uh, you know, an opportunity going against a San Jose team who didn't have Timo Meyer and did not have Thomas Hurdle in their lineup. So those two two guys out of their top three, top four on this hockey team, not in the lineup, and you put up a stinker like that, wasn't really that great. No, I mean, that's something, those are the games you have to capitalize on, right? Like, where you say, they're missing Meyer and Hurdle, probably their two best forwards. You gotta make sure you're jumping on this. You can't be the team getting shut out. Yeah, just unfortunate because, you know, they played a a couple of really, really good games earlier in the week, and this would have been a nice way to just top that week off and get a good good, uh, home win heading into a couple tough matchups later on in this week, Durham. Um, But that just wasn't the case. No, I mean, we talked about how they were looking to gain points back from the tough week they had last week, and sure, they got what we predicted with the four to six there, but... You look forward to the games they got next week, and it's like, yeah, you're you're going to be hard-pressed to come away with four out of four there. Even two out of four, you're probably going to be happy with. Yeah, they're certainly in for it, and we'll get into that a little later. But let's throw it back to the start of the week when uh, they faced off for the second time in four days against the Philadelphia Flyers because uh, this was just a fury of goals in this game. There was just uh, just amazing ones too, Durham. Let's get into that one. Yeah, much happier times for the Kraken here when Jared McCann gets his 26th of the year, shorthanded, might I add, just three minutes into the game to really get the boys going. And he snipes that top corner, too. That was a beautiful read, too, shorthanded to kind of pinch up and um, take that puck off of Kevin Hayes' stick. He didn't expect that at all. And just like that, he was the other way on a two-on-one and decides to hold on to it and do what Jared McCann does best. And that's putting the puck in the top shelf of the net, baby. Oh, yeah, especially getting his 26th so early. I was looking at stats today. His next goal will tie the Kraken record for most in a season. Jared McCann of last year. Yeah, and uh, like we kind of put him on, you know, around 35 goals this season, I believe is what we predicted at the start of the season. So it looks like he's well on his way to be kind of hitting that. Yeah, I'm a legit shot at 40. Yeah, exactly. All it takes is just getting a bit hot, right, down the stretch. Speaking of getting hot, how about Yanni Gordon this game against the Flyers? Oh, yeah, he was just on top of it. Right, getting two goals, including, well, his seventh of the year in the first period there to get the boys fired up even more after McCann. Yeah, just a nice job, uh, you know, good passing play there. Eli Tolvanen getting a point on that, uh, you know, extending his point streak. And then uh, Justin Schultz, just a nice wrister from the point and, and is able to uh, get tipped in by Yanni Gord there. And then he's Schultz, he's going to have another shot from the point, right at this, about five, six minutes into the second period there when they're running it around on the power play, just zipping it with some offensive zone passing. And he's going to get the one-timer off, and that's going to be his sixth of the season. 
Yeah, just a bullet. And then the goals kept coming. Bjorkstrand getting on the board too, making it 4 nothing for the Kraken with another beautiful snipe doing what he does best. Yeah, and then we get back to Yanni Gord just a few minutes later. Gets his eighth of the year off some nice passing from Schwartz and Eberly. Also on the power play again. The boys were feeling it. That's 5 nothing through 40. Yeah, it was goals galore. Really nice passing play there, too, between uh, Eberly and Schwartz. And and Yanni Gord kind of just had the time in the slot, and he, he just picked it top shelf, too. So hell of a game for Yanni Gord. Yeah, he was just absolutely firing on all cylinders. And that's a guy, if we can get going hot down the stretch here, that's going to be good for this team's chances to make playoffs. Yeah, big time. And, uh, you know, we weren't done there, of course. Konechny would tip one in uh, just 14 seconds into the third period, but uh, not too long after. Beneers with his 18th of the season, baby. And, uh, you know, just, just a nice skate down the ice and just picked his shot. Yeah, they just kind of gave him all the room in the world there. Just like you said, just coast down the ice here. Take your time like it was a pickup game. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, Konechny buries number 26. Didn't really matter at that point. A big 6-2 victory for the Seattle Kraken. And it was really nice after a week they had last week where they weren't able to find many um, many pucks to the back of the net. Uh, they were able to bury six in this one. And, uh, yeah, just to re- revamp this team and get them back to their their original ways of just goals, 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 baby. Yeah, kind of just playing that more open style of let's just try to create chaos and see if it doesn't work out for us. And this game, it was working out for them again. Big time. And uh, the one thing that really worked out was the special teams in this game, Durham. Two for three on the power play. They killed off their only penalty kill and scored on it as well. So just a dominant performance on the special teams. And yeah, you honestly can't script it any better than that. No, not at all. Beautiful game. Grubauer, 17 of 19, gets the win. Two days later, they're facing off against Detroit and Durham. I remember last pod I mentioned I thought both games went to overtime. It's totally wrong. Just one of the two matchups did. The other one, they won 4-2. Sound familiar? 4-2, you say? Yeah. Wow, that does sound familiar. Almost like it just happened a couple days ago. But it did. Wow, go cracking. And start off with uh, Jordan Eberle, who hasn't been finding the back of that too much. Pop in his first of two in this hockey game to get the uh, the cracking on the board. Yeah, he's been more of an assist machine this year, but getting his 12th of the season, you know, took a little bit to get going for both teams here. But then the cracking, you know, once Eberle got the boys fired up, they were ready to roll after that one. Sure, Puya Suter is going to get his ninth of the season with some garbage time left, about 16 seconds left in the first period there. But it was all yeah. cracking after that, baby. It was. And a uh, bit of a lucky one, too. Like, Drew uh, Bauer was making some fantastic saves and takes one kind of high off his shoulder. It kind of bounces back. He's screened. And, yeah, Sutter just kind of slides one five hole and is able to kind of beat him clean on that one. But like you said, after that, it was all cracking. And Jordan Eberle getting back on the board. Yeah, he was going to pick that low blocker again on the first one there. Kind of hit there and just squeaked through. Uh, shit, drawing a blank on the Red Wings. Huso? Was it Huso in that? Yeah, it was Huso, yep. Yeah, so just squeak through Huso there, but this time it was not a squeaker. Everly just blew it by that low blocker. 
fantastic pass from Beneers to 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 find Eberly there, kind of you know making a play behind the net and is able to just put it right on his stick, even through traffic there, gets the pass through, and uh, you could tell Eberly was pretty pumped after uh, after he scored that one, pointing right at right at Beneers and uh, maybe saying nice effing pass a few times. Oh, you might have caught that one on the lip reading, eh? Pretty easy too on that one, and uh, that wasn't the last goal. That was going to be a pretty passing play. Holy heck, Jordan Everly to Beneers. Beneers wasn't done finding beautiful passes because the big rig would pinch down low, right to right into the front of the net, and bury his six of the season. How about that dandy of a goal? Oh, that was just so impressive. But honestly, just terrible defending by the Red Wings as well. I mean, how do you let a guy who's six seven and two hundred and sixty pounds? just skate in unmarked into the slot how did nobody see an alexiak go into the house there except for veneers yeah it's pretty tough for uh the big rig to go unnoticed and that's exactly what he was able to do you know in the most dangerous spot of the ice uh that was a bad luck for detroit yeah tough for them but just looked fantastic for us like you said just hell of a passing play cross ice both times and then just to suck all the defenders over that couple extra feet beautiful absolutely beautiful and that assist would actually bring Beniers up to 40 points on the season as well nice think he's got a shot at 60 I think he's got a shot it's gonna be close I mean you look at right now if you were to do the math with the amount of games left I think he's on pace for 58 or 59 points so it's definitely doable all it takes is uh you know a couple more of those two, three point games. And he could definitely still hit 60 points, which is right around the mark. We said, I think we, we might've had the over under rate at like 65 for him. So, uh, you know, doing exactly what he was expected to do this season. Yeah. As long as they don't have to play against fucking Tyler Myers again, he should be fine. (laughs) Yes. Very, very true. Very true. And guess who else got on the board to extend the point streak Durham? Ellie. Ellie Golvenin. That's right. Getting his 12th of the season. That's his 10th goal now, Durham, as a Kraken. Pretty impressive stuff. Especially when Nashville's like, yeah, I don't think you can be a goal scorer for our squad. He's got 10 in how many games for Seattle? Like, is it even 20 games? 23, I believe. It might be 24. 23. 22 games, 10 goals, 15 points. So 40, 40 goal pace. 40 goal base right there, which is freaking impressive considering he's not getting a sniff in the top six. Right? Like, that's that's pretty fucking good. We were talking about Seattle's depth scoring. We'll kind of get into that a little bit later. Just hold on to that little stat nugget. Imagine having a 40 goal score in your bottom six. What is this? Like, the freaking 70s here? Is this the Man. Oilers or 80s Oilers? I don't know. That's crazy. Never been done. It's- it's funny. It reminds me of a couple years ago, like being a Penguins fan, obviously, when Jake Gensel was like the 35 and 40 goal scorer, but like on pace, but would get hurt. So he'd just miss and end up with like 35 goals, 32 goals, and 65 games or shit like that. He had the one year he finally hit 40 goals. And they asked him in an interview after they go, So. Now that you're a 40 goal scorer in the NHL, are you going to go to Mike Sullivan and ask if you can play in the first power play? And he says, no. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was just his answer straight up. Just nah. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. 
Don't yep. put me there. Yeah. I'm doing 40 goal a season without being on the first power play. So whatever they're doing is working. Yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, and uh, that would extend Tolvanen's point streak to the five games there. So uh, nice to see him. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that was broke today. But uh, just that consistency is always good. And, um, you know, this game would end 4-2. We'd get one last goal from Dylan Larkin there, just kind of able to squeeze it in with, what, like two and a half minutes left in the game. But once again, another big W for the Kraken against a team they should be beating. And they pull out another 4-2 W against Detroit. And, uh, yeah, this was a good one. Yeah, just like you said, good to get the points against the teams you should be beating because I think they're a team that's got a little bit tougher schedule coming up as well. Exactly, and and just a big game from the first line there. Jordan Everly, Matty Beneers really carrying the offense, and then Philip Grubauer just doing what he does best lately, and that's putting up another big performance, stopping 21 of 23 shots. Yeah, Grubauer's definitely been the guy for the Kraken for the last, oh, I don't know, week or so maybe. Yeah, at least a couple weeks now, I would say. Like, he, he's been, he's their guy. And then, you know, what happened with Jonesy and Net today, um, you know, kind of let in a couple stinkers there, wasn't looking too sharp. You know, it's pretty obvious, like we talked about last pod, Durham, that it's Grubauer's net now and he's going to run with it. Yeah, the shoe that we've been waiting for to drop from, uh, you know, October 30th has finally dropped. Yeah, exactly. It took a little while, but you know what? The timing couldn't be too, too much better because to get hot and and find your game right before playoffs is not a bad time to do that. Yeah, I mean, we still got about 25 games until we're there. So let's just see if he's able to hold on to this and see if the team can get their goal scoring in front of Grubauer locked up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, Durham, time will tell. Exactly. Kraken fans. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. Kind of like me thinking I can go a whole year without eating bread, let alone a whole month. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest changes can be a big part of a big change if it's something you use every day like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Since I've gotten my Raycons, I've been using them every time I go for a walk, go hit up the gym and pump some reps, or even just chilling out watching some Netflix on my laptop. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last you all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't have to choose between products and you can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee noise isolation, awareness mode, crystal clear quality, and tons more. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buy Raycon, 
com slash THPN. All right, welcome back, Kraken fans. Durham, like we talked about a bit earlier in the pod, we have some tough matchups ahead of us this week. Uh, you know, starting off with Thursday, February 23rd, still at home, but against the number one team in the league, a team that we beat in their own barn last time we faced the Boston Bruins. Yeah, so you know they're going to be absolutely just fired up to play Seattle in their barn, considering, like you said, we beat them in theirs. And I just seen that uh, I think they're the fastest team in NHL history to hit 100 points, like lowest game played. That's or 90 points, though. sorry, 90, not okay, 100. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they hit something else, like they were the fastest team to – uh, a certain amount of wins earlier was it 30 wins or something i forget but uh yeah they just be- keep on breaking records right and it's not just the team but the skaters are putting up sick numbers too like after today's game against ottawa Pasternak's only one goal behind Connor mcdavid who everyone thought was going to run away with every statistical trophy this season yeah he hit the 40 goal mark now already didn't he yeah, he's got 41 in 56 games, and McDavid's at 42 in 57. So, like, we're going to have a real chase for the Rocket Richard here, and I wouldn't have expected that a week or two ago. No, not at all. He keeps scoring. Like he said, he had two against the Sens earlier today. I watched that game. Pretty damn good team, man. Like, Boston, they don't give you a lot. They, uh, they're they really good at keeping guys to the outside and, and breaking up, like, cr- cr- like cross-ice passes when – when they're on the penalty kill too, they just don't give you the looks that you're trying to get there. And they play a good physical game. One thing I noticed, they're really good at uh, almost make, almost doing like pick plays. Like they, they do a really good job of getting in your way. So you don't have straight lines towards, towards guys to skate at them, but they do it efficiently enough where they're not getting penalties for it. So I found that out today a little bit. So it's something I'm definitely going to keep an eye on for this upcoming matchup. Yeah, I remember them calling it the professional's interference. when, Like when I got taught that kind of play, they would say it was, if you want to be a good defenseman, you've got to learn how to do pro interference. And basically the situation they showed us how to use it was if you're playing the rush back and there's a guy cutting across the blue line trying to keep onside, you push him offside as you're backpedaling into the zone and you just kill their rush. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect little play. And then slowing them down just that, that little much makes such a big difference. Exactly. And it kills any momentum you can get going, feeling for yourself. And it's just such a veteran way to just shut down other teams without having to be on the puck carrier. Right. Exactly. And I find that they have such an amazing ability to gain momentum off their penalty kill. Like once they get a big PK and they do it often, I mean, ranked first in the league at 86 and a half percent right now. So they're the best at killing penalties in the league. And when they do, they seem to build a ton of momentum off of it. And you, you could just feel the momentum shift in the game and, and they feed off that. And the, <laughs> that's a very dangerous team when, when your penalty kill is giving you momentum. Yeah. I'd say them and Carolina. Now, mind you, I haven't watched the West as much as the East in the last couple of years, obviously living in the East, but I'd say Boston and Carolina were kind of the first two teams in the last six, seven years to really bring an offensive game plan to their penalty kill. 
Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And, uh, you know, being a Sens fan, I, I found that maybe their percentages weren't always good, but they, they used to be like a top team for for um, uh, shorthanded goals, it seemed like. And I know Formanton, a guy who's not on their team this year, uh, was tied for the lead, league lead last year in shorties. I think six was leading. I'm not even sure what's leading this year, to be honest. I have no idea what's leading this year. One second, no it is four. Clue. Sam Lafferty and Riley Smith lead the league in shorthanded goals with four each. Yeah, Sam Lafferty, a guy who plays for Chicago, could be a little uh, trade piece. Who knows? We'll see uh, in the upcoming week or so here. But Durham, jumping back into this, uh, <laughs> sorry to cut you off there. Uh, no, what do no, you expect out of this one? Because last time it was a pretty physical matchup and it was very, you know, very defensive style. Do you, do you expect a lot of the same? I expect it to be kind of the same style, but at the same time, I expect Boston to absolutely bring the fucking heat. I'm sorry, Seattle. I think they're probably going to come ready to go. Good chance they're going to blow the team out of the water. I just don't know if they're going to really attack, like get through Grubauer. I think how bad this game is completely depends on him. Yeah, I think so too. And if they show up the same way they did today against San Jose, they're they're done for (laughs) absolutely fucked yeah that's not gonna be an or a pretty game that will be an ugly game if they show up like they did today yeah correct uh but then after that they do have two full days off again and then they're back at it for a sunday sunday matchup but i believe uh let's see here 5 p.m mountain time so uh and they're facing off against the toronto maple leafs so what do you expect out of this one Well, I expect kind of, you know what? I'm not really sure what to expect because the Leafs, like we talk about how good Boston's been. The Leafs, on the other hand, have been pretty hit or miss the last little bit, but they kind of got that big boost of Ryan O'Reilly. And we'll talk about him getting his trade, getting moved to the Leafs once we go to trade season there. But I don't know. I really like their center depth if they're going to run with the three centers there, but they've been playing Tavares on the wing with O'Reilly and Marner. So that kind of just gives them a really heavy top six which they already had so i'm not yeah, really sure how they're gonna gel there it, you know it'd be interesting uh what the plan is for this toronto maple leafs team of course i think they're they have one win one loss since acquiring ryan o'reilly and don't don't get me wrong i think that's a an awesome pickup for them and and to adding the depth piece of uh noel chari too that's that's not a bad add to just to have that kind of depth too going into playoffs um, but I'm curious to see if they're uh, still looking to add because it feels like they're not done there. Yeah, I definitely think they're going to be doing something there. Like everyone said that they were looking to add some scoring to their top six wingers. And yeah, yeah, like exactly. It kind of just feels like the right thing for Toronto. Like they've got defensive defensemen. I've always said for years what they lack is a defenseman that can shoot and has to present himself as an offensive threat on the power play. And that's something yep. I think they need but have never got. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I I, I think so too. Um it's it's curious because it does make sense you want to maybe add another scoring winger to this lineup and and be able to move Ryan O'Reilly down to a third line center role and then you're looking at some pretty amazing depth going forward I mean Ryan O'Reilly this is a guy who not too long ago won a con Smythe for St. Louis when they won the Stanley Cup you know uh you know captain that team as well so 
This is a guy who brings a lot of leadership skills, a lot of ability to win. And, and he gets to now, you know, get another goal at Toronto, you know, pretty close to his hometown. So, but at the same time, yeah, I, I think there could be some additions made on D where that could strengthen the team even more in some areas where maybe they needed a bit more. Yeah, like we talk, we've talked about, well, where they're going to do the three centers there and they should have added possibly a big goal scoring option on the wing. But if they want to go with the three centermen, like obviously Matthews, Taveras, O'Reilly, I don't know if they have the winger depth to be able to roll out just the three lines there. So I do think they're going to have to overload something. So if they're going to do something up front, it might be a couple wing pieces to try and shore that up and maybe roll a top nine and then a fourth line. But yeah, could be right yeah. with also shoring up the D there too. They didn't have to give up much, it seemed, to get O'Reilly too. That was a pretty nice deal uh, that they pulled off there. So they still have a lot of uh, really good prospects that they can move around and, and make uh, make some more deals, right? So, uh, you know, they're most likely they're going to keep on looking on ways to improve that team. But, uh, yeah, just looking at the matchup, like you said, it's interesting. You know, Toronto, they go up against these tough teams. They, they play them well, and then... You know, they face off against Chicago at home and, and they put up a 5-3 stinker of a loss just the other day. Yeah, that was a game where they played Chicago like four days before that, so I wasn't really sure. You know how I am with it's tough to beat the same team twice in a row kind of thing. Yep, just talked about it last pod, so completely agree with you there. Yeah, so that was, I think, just one of those situations. But you are right with the Leafs do suck against bad teams. I think they have, like, the worst record among playoff teams that play teams in the bottom 10 standings of the league. Yeah, yeah, I have to be right on it. I mean, I think they lost Arizona, too, both times they played them. Like, it just always seems like that. It just always seems like that. It's not just the this year. It's... It is what it is, right? Maybe they have a hard time getting up for those type of games, but uh, they certainly do a good job getting getting up for the games against the tougher teams. And at the end of the day, those are usually the most important ones to win. I know they're the ones that drive like Leafs fans like my dad fucking crazy, though. Why can we beat <laughs> the good teams and we suck ass against the shit teams? I know. Maybe it's you're pretty, mediocre. It's, it's comical. I'm not going to lie. It's really comical. Yeah, I don't really care either way. I get a chuckle yeah. out of it here and there. So what do you think going forward for these two matchups would be a, a successful uh, two games here? A successful two games is you don't lose by more than three in either of them. And you hopefully yeah. win one of them. Yeah, I think you, you have to come out with one one win here. And, uh, you know, it's important too because look where they are in the standings right now. They're still battling for for those points. They're still battling for, you know, top seed in the division. And a loss today kind of sucks because they could have just tied Vegas up at 72 points right at the top there. But, uh, you know, they still sit back and and L.A. is still a point ahead of them too, taking that uh, second spot in the division. But still tons of hockey left to, to get up there, Durham. Exactly. We're sitting about 25-ish games for everybody left. And let's, like we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, as long as they get into the playoffs, there's not a whole lot of matchups that scare me. Um, just just thinking about it, you know, if you end up in a wild-card spot even, you know, Edmonton's still just two points back with the same amount of games played. If they're able to get hot, LA's just been on fire lately. Uh, and they could be a potential t- 
team to to make a real big move too at the deadline. So, um, and Vegas too, they're in talks about picking up like some some big, uh, some big guys, big names too. So, um, this is a situation where they could be a wild card team, but you know what, like not a lot of teams really really scare me this year. I think the I think the West is totally up for grabs. Yeah, the West does seem kind of wide open, but at the same time, I think. Seattle, if they make it in, is probably looking at a divisional opponent. Yeah. Unless they get that last wild card spot. Yeah. But still, I think I don't know. I just look when I look at everyone else in their division, like for the the four or three other playoff teams that are in their division right now are Vegas, LA, and Edmonton, right? Yeah. Vegas is rumored to be going after Patrick Kane. Yep. LA's been linked Rumor to Chikrin, and then Chikrin. there's nothing there since then. So, like, that's basically got to be happening, right? I would think so, especially if uh, some of the rumors of Boston acquiring a certain defenseman are pretty true, too. Which leads me to my next point of Edmonton's out on Chikrin. They're out on Gavrikov. They got to be going for Carlson then, right? So if those three are adding those three players, that kind of leaves Seattle like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? It does. And uh, yeah, let's jump right into that right now. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, welcome back, Kraken fans and Durham. Like I said, let's jump into that right now, baby, because it is trade Trade season. season. Oh, you got to love it. Love me some trade season, baby. Um, And uh, yeah, let's talk about a couple of of the other moves we, uh, we haven't really been able to talk about. No, I kind of forgot to bring up, obviously, Tarasenko trade because they played against Seattle. The Rangers did with Tarasenko, and I just totally forgot to throw that in there, what that trade was. But So let's hop into the Rangers made a couple moves, and then Toronto made one, and I think that's kind of really been it so far. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll kind of investigate, uh, like we said, some of the moves that we think are going to happen. Yeah, because it seems like the last couple years, the big moves don't really wait too often for no, trade deadline day anymore yeah trade deadline day has kind of been a quiet day as of recently it, it seems like the bigger deals seem to get done within the you know the week prior so and it makes sense right you want to etch these things out and and i agree with it why not make that trade a little bit earlier and get five or six or seven more games with that player to get more comfortable exactly my thought process too which must be what chris jerry thinks because he made all of their trades he went out and picked up Tarasenko at 50% and Nico Mikola from St. Louis. Nicola. Exactly. 
for fucking Sammy Blay, who the Rangers had previously acquired from St. Louis, and then in like 54 games with New York didn't score a fucking goal, which is hilarious, and then he scored his first game back with St. Louis, so I don't know. He likes St. Louis, but they also gave up prospect Hunter Skinner, who I never heard about <laughs> until this trade. A first. Top-notch name, though. Right? Hunter Skinner? That is a dope name. I like that, yeah. But then they gave up a conditional first. The condition is it's the lower out of New York Rangers first and Dallas's first this year. And then they gave up also a fourth that becomes a third if the Rangers make the playoffs. And, well, let's just say it's going to be a third-round pick. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're on fire right now. They're playing some pretty good hockey, and uh, they weren't done there, right? They uh, they made another move for a, another player that they recently had. That's true. They're going to go pick up Tyler Mott again, except this time they're going to acquire him from the Senators instead of the Canucks, and it's going to cost a little more. It's going to cost them Julian Gauthier and a seventh that becomes a sixth if the Rangers win a series. Yeah, an interesting little trade there. I like it. Uh, and Mott was a great fit for them uh, during their playoff run. So why not acquire a guy you're already familiar with too, right? Exactly. I like that. Like I, I like both moves, to be honest. Like The Rangers are kind of soft on D, and that gives them some toughness to protect Fox. Nico Mikola is a big guy who doesn't really take shit from anybody. Tarasenko is like best friends with Panera, and we kind of touched on that uh, last time when we were talking about their game against Seattle. And that's been fleshing, meshing well with their top six. And honestly, Tyler Mott was a great energy forward for them last year in the playoffs. And if he can replicate that again, then why wouldn't you give up Gauthier in a fucking sixth? Yeah, exactly. I yeah, I love the moves they made. I think they were the right right moves to make. And, and like you said, Chris Jury's on his game. Moving on, uh, we just basically talked about this trade, but we didn't really say what the whole trade was. So, uh, And it was a three-way trade, which is fun because you don't get to see those too often, Durham. Yeah, you don't see them too, too often, except for, well, exactly what happened here when someone's got to eat a little bit of money for somebody else. Yeah, exactly. You want to break this one down for us? Well, Toronto is going to acquire Ryan O'Reilly at 75% of his cap hit and Nola Chari from St. Louis. Minnesota is going to eat 25% of Ryan O'Reilly's cap hit, and for that, they're going to get Toronto's 2025 draft fourth-round pick. And St. Louis, oh, baby. St. Louis, I think, kind of makes out like a bit of a bandit here, right? So they're going to get Mikhail Abramov, who's doing all right in the A. They're going to get Adam Gaudet, who was a highly touted prospect for Vancouver and it's kind of just become a depth forward and not a whole lot else. Yeah. They're going to get Toronto's first-round pick this year. They're going to get Toronto's second-round pick next year. They're going to get Ottawa's third-round pick this year. Like they gave, they gave up two UFAs. They got a first, second, a third, and two prospects. Yeah, they uh, they came out on top, really. I mean, uh, they acquired a lot of stuff too in these last last couple moves, right? So, um, and a lot of people are kind of talking about how they don't expect St. Louis to try to go into any kind of rebuild, and they could potentially use these assets to acquire certain things, uh, even this trade deadline, but most likely maybe even in the off season too, and and do a do a bit of an on the go retool to stay competitive. Yeah, like the top two guys on TSN's trade board are a young winger and a young defenseman. 
you don't think that would fit any team trying to do a little bit of a retool where they just exactly. picked up a couple first round picks. Yeah, exactly. So um, this is a situation where, you know, maybe they're not going to trade for Meyer, but maybe they could acquire him in the off season as an RFA. Right. Or if there's a team that just picks Meyer up, hoping to kind of get him for this year, but decides they can't get him going forward. And there's rumors of that, right? Because of that $10 million um, qualifying offer, right? Yeah, there was, did you see the rumor? I think it was from Friedman where he's like, Carolina's looking at Meyer and they might just say, screw it and do the $10 million qualifying offer and let him play the year out anyways. <laughs> True. I'm I mean, like, they're man, good Carolina just does whatever they want. I love I actually, Carolina. I actually do too, man. What a turnaround of a franchise, right? Like they used to be a laughing stock of the NHL, even though they did pick up the cup in, in 06 there, but that quickly kind of faded away and they became a little bit of a nothing franchise for a bit. And, and what's his, is it, was it Don Waddell? Yeah. I think he's their GM GM. Right. And he's just come in and made fucking statement after statement. And, and that's a rockin' barn too. sell out crowd almost every night and tons of energy. And I didn't watch the stadium series game, but I heard it was just fantastic. And, you know, people tweeting about who were there who said that it was unbelievable, crazy atmosphere and even better than they had expected. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it and like I'll agree. It was one of the best outdoor games I've seen on TV. Yeah, that's good. I didn't even watch a single highlight. I <laughs> Shout out to the NHL just for how poorly they advertise these things, though. <laughs> right. I had no idea it was an outdoor game. It was in like the third period and I put it on and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> they're outside. <laughs> I know. Dude, like, <laughs> it's brutal. I don't even understand what they're doing. Anyways, off topic. Once again, let's just jump right back into it. Like we said, some of these top trade targets. Meyer, where do you think he's going then? Uh. It's going to the Metro. I just don't know if it's Carolina or New Jersey. It's one of those fucking two, I think. I think so with the other moves that uh, teams in the Metro are making already. I mean, poor poor New York Islanders having Matt Barzell out indefinitely now. That sucks after the Horvat trade for them. I actually just seen that LeBron said, I want to clarify, it's week to week. They just don't know when he's coming back. They're sure that they're, or they're hoping to have him back before end of regular season, though. So I'm like, oh, okay. okay. Well, that doesn't sound nearly as bad. Like, why are teams saying indefinitely all the time now? What's wrong with week to week? Yeah, no kidding. It definitely sounds like he's out for the rest of the year, for right? sure. If um, I read indefinitely, it's like, okay, he's done for two months at least. Well, that gives them some hope, but it's going to be a tough battle the the last stretch without him, right? So uh, we'll see where that goes. But like you said, I think you're right. I think Meyer ends up somewhere in uh, the Metro. Chikrin? Ooh, see, that's an interesting one because I want to like I want to just take the easy answer and say L.A. because, like we said earlier, it got that big rumor like last week when they sat him for trade related reasons, and I think everyone said L.A.'s just putting cold water on it because it was Dustin Brown night and blah, blah, blah. I haven't heard anything about Chikrin since then. Nothing. So I, go I know. LA. And he's just sitting there scratched too, not even getting to play hockey. So poor guy. And yeah, 
I'll stick with that because there's just nothing else. And a big reason is because some of the rumors with this next trade target, uh, Gavrikov. Oh, that boy's going to Boston. We just don't know when or for what yet. And that's a nice addition, too, for Boston, right? A nice, steady, big defensive defenseman who can eat pucks. And, and uh, yeah, just a solid D, right? Solid, real, real defenseman. Yeah, I think that's going to be a nice fit there in Boston. I mean, I hate saying it's going to be nice for Boston because fuck the Bruins. But, fuck, they just look like they're going to be tough to beat this year. Yeah, they're just them in Carolina. So I cannot solid. wait for that series. Yeah, they're just so solid everywhere to, in, in their whole lineup, and uh, they look so determined to win this year too. And and uh, I I really didn't expect, especially having uh, what Montgomery come in as the new coach to take him to another level like that. Right, like they've just been. I mean, everyone all was kind of like, or everyone all was kind of like going into this year yeah, you know what, like, we're not really expecting Boston to do good, especially with their injuries to Marchand and McAvoy. How are they both going to come back from those? And if they can tread water until they come back and they come back okay, they can probably make playoffs. And it's like they're fucking running away with every record the NHL's had for the last 30 years. Yeah, it's making us all look like fucking idiots. It's ridiculous. Like they have a nine point lead on the next team, which maybe not so insane, but you go to their goal differential, dude. And like, I think New Jersey is in second for goal differential right now with a plus 46, right? Yep. Boston is at plus 92. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're just ridiculous. They're killing everybody. That's literally double. They have a double the second best for goal differential. Insane. Insane. You guys win every game 2 nothing. That's pretty good. We win every game 4 nothing. Oh. Yeah. So, um, okay, so Gavrikov, you know, that's a D that goes to Boston. Chikrin, that's a D that goes to L.A. Here's another D who... <laughs> I believe is going to be on the move. And there's one team I really want to see him on. And that's Eric Carlson. Where is he going, Durham? You want to see him on the Edmonton Oilers. Go get your Paul coffee. I think I would love to see that. I don't know how they make the money work for the next four years. Cause I don't know how you make San Jose eat that much for that long, but God damn, that'd be fun to watch. hundred percent. It'd be so fun to watch dude. So, um, that's where I'm putting him. I just, you know, with, with these D say they're getting in place with these other teams. I just don't, I don't know. I can't think of any other team that could, that like every team, I mean, every team can use a top right-handed defenseman for the most part, but how many can really make it work? Yeah. And especially where like, it would just fit their team, right? Like a right-handed power play guy who's an offensive puck mover. That is yeah. what Edmonton needs to a team. Exactly. Exactly. Like there's no chance it's, it's, you know, it's not going to be Boston. It's not Toronto. It's not Tampa. It's not going to be Carolina with, with the addition of Burns there. <laughs> Imagine that. Right. Wouldn't <laughs> that, that would be, be hilarious. Um, New Jersey with Dougie Hamilton there. It's not going to happen. The Rangers could never make that move. Florida, Brandon Montour is a beast this year. Plus you have Ekblad. Pittsburgh, I just Latang there and the addition they made and the cap, like I, it's not possible. Like, 
Buffalo is one team where it could be possible. But then are you going to take the puck touches and offensive time away from, from Darlene? Darlene? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make sense, right? Winnipeg, does that make sense? I don't know. Morrissey's having a beast of a season. He just set the franchise record for D points in a season today. So I don't know how. I don't know what that says to him if they're like, hey, I know you're setting like literally the best season a defenseman has ever fucking had for our organization, but we got somebody better. Yeah. And Vegas, it's not going to happen there. LA, it's not going to happen there. Um, if it doesn't happen, obviously Dallas, Colorado, it's not going to happen. Why would you do that? You got Makar. Um, you know, it kind of leaves Edmonton as that main team. And it, to me, it makes the most sense to, to try to get that puck moving defenseman that, uh, you know, those, those top players have rumored to be asking their GM to go grab, right? Seattle would be the only other team that, you know, it would be nice to have a big stud on D. I don't think this is the right move, and I wouldn't want Seattle to be giving up the the assets they have and the and the capital they have to take on Eric Carlson. Just, the timing just does not make sense for Seattle. Yeah, and the only other option you're looking at for playoff teams in the West there is Minnesota, and like let's be honest, a right-handed offensive puck-moving guy would fit their team. Like they could use that, but there's no way they'd have the money for it. No, because the cap trouble with the buyouts of uh, of Ryan Suter and Zach Parise, right? So like, there's they're just no they're cap strapped. They can't make a move like that. Yeah, so you're like Edmonton has to be using this to their advantage to try and get a little bit less. But at the same time, I'm sure San Jose is trying to use all the leverage they have to get the most they can to, without saying this, like I'm an asshole, get rid of Carlson's contract. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense for the direction of the team, right? Like, uh, and he's having a, a season that's just incredible, you know, career season, even with all the amazing years he's already had to to have a season like this that he's doing. Like, you, you got to try to trade the guy when he's got the most uh, trade value and uh, really help your franchise moving forward in the future. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, like, I just don't know, if, like you said, there's anyone else other than Edmonton where it really fits. Yeah, and how awesome would that be to have Carlson on that team? And the, the amount of offense that team would have. Fuck D at that point. Just score goals, Edmonton. Just be the team that just tries to win through offense. I don't even care. I just It'd be a fun fun team to watch. Be Not the that they're already. I mean. Yeah, they're already a fun team to watch. They got the funnest player in the league to watch, and then you add in Carlson to that, you know, pff, unbelievable. That would be something. Yeah, it would be incredible. Uh, one last big name here that we could talk about, Durham, and uh, this is one that, you know, it's it's weird. We don't know if he's going anywhere or not, and that's Patrick Kane. Yeah, this is one where, like, obviously everybody – Everybody knew that he wanted to go to the Rangers and everyone thought that's where he was going to end up. And Drury was like, I ain't got time for that. I ain't waiting. It's, that's going to be a deadline deal. I ain't got time for that. I want my Russian now. So he went out and got him. <laughs> and now everyone's like, where does Patrick Kane want to play? I don't know if he wants to fucking play anywhere else. He might just be like, eh, fuck it. Let's just finish the year here. 
I have a feeling that might happen too. Um, and a big reason why is, uh, you know, his injury trouble right now, isn't he? He's going through something. I, I'm blanking on what it what it is exactly, but it's his hip. That's right. And and uh, I have a feeling he might stay put. And, uh, you know, just similar to the Jonathan Taves situation where he's dealing with his recovery through, uh, what is it, the post-COVID um, whatever yeah, he got the long COVID. His immune system's kind of all fucked up from it. Which sucks, because he was already dealing with something pre-COVID uh, that was really hard for him. So, yeah, it's just been a struggle for him to stay healthy and make sense why he doesn't want to be moved. And I think Patty Kane's kind of in that same situation. Kind of a blow for Chicago, but you know, they're going to get a freaking solid pick this year. Yeah, and what's funny too is like, because I was listening to 32 Thoughts today and they were talking about the Patrick Kane situation. They said the feeling around is like, it's not even going to cost you much to get Kane. Like they said, I don't think it's a first round pick. And that's with retention. So like Patrick Kane at 5 million is costing you a second round and a B prospect. There's got to be someone that might intrigue him. Wow. If that's the case and the price is really that low... Like, remember the rumors last year and the haul they could have got last year for Patty Kane? I do wow. not. I just remember well, the haul they got for fucking Brandon Hagel. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. From Tampa, that was huge. Just think of the haul they got for Brandon Hagel and then double that. So, yeah. It's like EA NHL. I got Columbus's next four first round picks because they offer sheeted Marner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like way too much, but uh yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that situation it could have been, right? I mean, the biggest rumors were the Rangers were looking at him and names like Kako and Lafreniere and, and plus, right? So like that's know, right. I could have got something that. something interesting there, but um you know, it'll be interesting. That that that's the most intriguing one I think going forward is what's going to happen with Patty Kane. So, if the price is low like that, could the Leafs really make a move? And I, I don't know. I don't think – see, I don't know if that's really what they need. Like, Patrick Kane is a I don't either, but you know Dubas. He, he likes to grab these stud forwards. He likes to grab all – you know, he likes to go after that. So, we'll see. We'll see. See, you know what's funny is I think Meyer would be fucking fantastic there. That scares me. Meyer a physical goal-scoring forward. Yeah, exactly. That's what they need. Yeah, put – like – uh, I was going to say put Brock Besser up there, but he's not a hitter. He's just a big stocky boy. Yeah, fair. Uh, he definitely doesn't bring that physicality or doesn't have that same skating ability. I wonder Myers, who... Myers really good, man. Myers. Yeah, really I mean, but there's going to be very few players in the league that do bring what Meyer brings. So I was kind of thinking exactly, like that's a poor yeah. man's version that might be able to sub in at half the price. Uh. I don't know if they could pry Josh Anderson out. That's kind of similar. Yeah, I guess fair. Just not as good scoring. Yeah. I guess that's where half the price comes from. (laughs) I score half the goals, but I'm half price. Well, I don't like that. I want you to be half priced, but score the same amount of goals. Well, we'd all love that. Yeah. Yeah, we certainly would. Uh, Derm, let's hit us uh, quickly with the stat of the week and player of the week, and then uh, let's wrap this one up. The stat of the week, you might remember I may have alluded to it a little bit at the start here with the depth scoring for Seattle. Well, 
Seattle Kraken lead the NHL in goals from forwards outside their top six with 93 goals in 57 games played. Yeah, that's just insane, right? Just speaks to what they're getting out of their bottom six better than any other team. And I know we preached about it quite a bit too, um, just, you know, earlier in the pod. So uh, that, yeah, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. They're just getting the depth scoring there. Well, uh, if Gord ever scores two more goals, we'll have another big stat of the week for you. Yeah. And that one is going to be exciting. Everyone Very looks exciting. it up and they're obviously going to figure it out. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and uh, player of the week? Player of the week, I believe for the first time this season, Philip Grubauer. That motherfucker was amazing the past week and a bit here. And for this stat, I'm going to stretch it back to the Winnipeg game on Valentine's Day. So in the three games played he had from then till now, two wins and an OT loss, 927 save percentage, and a 195 goals against the average. That's hot shit. That is hot shit, baby. Groo Bauer. You know, he's been phenomenal. So finally getting that starting goalie back, right? I mean, it only took him five months. Yeah, that's okay, though. Getting hot at the right time, baby. Hey, uh, Durham, how's that wrist doing over there? Eh, it's hit and miss. That's the same it- wrist guard I have, actually. Is it actually? I picked it up from like fucking shoppers. Shoppers, for yeah, <laughs> that's where I got mine. How do you keep it clean? Do you just throw like it in the wash? Um, I don't wipe my ass with it. First off, so well, I fucking sweat, jackass. <laughs> just got so angry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm like, um, yes. Why am I wiping my ass left-handed for one? I I don't think i ever really uh well i think i wiped it down with like like a rag just uh you get a little wet just wipe it down a bit um but yeah mine didn't really sweat on me too much my hand wasn't really sweating wasn't really uh you know choking the chicken with that hand buddy well yeah but after 45 minutes you don't get a little bit of a chest sweat going and the rest of your body perspirates come on sometimes said that see see it happens to everybody (laughs) but no that's good that it's uh that's you know on on its way to recovery that's good i I had to say something because i seen the uh the guard on so yeah so i get flopping it around and if it turns a certain way then it hurts and i'm like i might as well just put this on so i don't have to pay attention how are you doing yeah i know uh slowly getting there slowly slowly but surely knees a little bit of improvement still sharp pains in the knees still grinding through work grinding through uh yeah grinding through life right now but you know that's all we could do right now just just take it nice and slow and nice and easy we got a big dumping of snow today and it's still gonna fall overnight too so this was like the first time i've seen a snow since like december that's fucking it's crazy never would have thought in banff that it wouldn't have snowed for that long yeah we're supposed to get oh it was supposed to snow tomorrow but it doesn't say that anymore but now we're supposed to get snow on wednesday yeah, these uh, fresh pow days are yeah getting me very anxious to get my knee better so I could whip out the old board. Rip down the hills, baby. Yeah, that'd be a grand old time. Yep, certainly would. But uh, Durham, I think that, uh, that wraps up the epi here. That finishers are off. 
yeah anything else you want to add or no nah, i got nothing Alrighty, perfect. All right, that's wraps up episode number 17 here. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Make sure to rate this episode five stars if you've enjoyed it and stay tuned for episode 18 when we have a lot more to talk about, baby, and hopefully hopefully, some big cracking wins up on the board. So, Durham, let's get the puck out of here. Cheers, everybody. Peace.